you would close your eyes as I read the Word of God and pray. Absorb what God's telling us. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all the earth, and serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. For we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. And give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Father, I thank you for the psalmist who penned these words of thanksgiving. For we have much to be thankful for. Lord, I thank you for this body that we come together corporately this morning to sing to you, to praise your name because your name is worthy to be praised. For you are the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created us wonderfully and fearfully to worship you. Lord, you made us so that we might worship you. And for that, we are thankful. So, Father, I pray right now for your strength, for your clarity to be spoken through your word so that every single person listening today is edified, is encouraged, is convicted. Lord, that your ministry takes place in every heart here today. So thank you, God, because I pray that in 100% confidence that you will do just that. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Please go ahead and have a seat. My name is Dan, one of the elders here at Cornerstone. And it is a joy and a privilege to bring forth the Word of God. And it's Psalm 100. And the title of the message today is simply, Thankfulness, the gateway into His presence. And this psalm will take it verse by verse, and there's so much in it that I'm pretty excited. I always get the joy of studying the passage, and God is so gentle with me, and He rebukes me because as I'm teaching on thankfulness, just as late as yesterday... I found myself in an unthankful spirit and I get that gentle rebuke about, whoa, whoa, haven't I been teaching you about thankfulness, Dan? And it's a good thing that the Holy Spirit works in our lives on a continual basis. Now, as a kid, my favorite holiday, to be honest with you, was Christmas because I was a kid and I was selfish and I wanted as many presents under the tree as possible and I enjoyed opening the presents and coming from a middle class, upper middle class family, there was no shortage of presents under our tree, and I loved it. As I've grown older, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, and I know Thanksgiving passed just a few days ago, but this message is not about Thanksgiving as a season. It's a message about thankfulness all year long, so don't view this as only Thanksgiving as it's, it's already gone, now we're thinking about Christmas. I was up in Sholo just a few weeks ago for Kyle and Cambria's wedding. November 12th, and there were already Christmas lights on homes and businesses. And 
I'm not judging. But I wondered, are they already looking past Thanksgiving to Christmas? If that's the case, how sad. Because Thanksgiving is a beautiful holiday. And I, I don't know if they were or not. But as I grow older and I'm with family and friends, I realize how much I have to be thankful for that it's a beautiful thing. And Psalm 100 tells us about so much to be thankful for. And it's my prayer and my hope that through this message, we see just how much that we can be thankful for. Psalm 95, 2 is the verse that's basically the question of the day. And it says, let us come before him with thanksgiving. And I want to draw your attention not to the word thanksgiving at first, but him. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. God invites you and me, you and me and you and you, everyone here, he invites us to come before him. How amazing is that? That the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth would invite you and me into his presence. We have to start there. We have to start with that fact that the God of the universe cares about me. Yeah, he does. And he invites me into his presence. That right there blows me away. And then he says, but do it with thanksgiving. Don't go into God's presence with a bad attitude. Come in before him with thanksgiving. So don't miss that point. It starts there with this amazing offer from God. Don't take that invitation lightly. He knows what's best. And the reason why he makes this invitation, the answer is found in Psalm 16, verse 11. And it says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Does God not know what he's doing? He invites us into his presence. Why? Because there is the fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Is there any other place you'd rather be except in the presence of Almighty God when he makes the promise that in his presence is the fullness of joy? Who here doesn't want to be joyful? Now, if you've known me for any length of time, you're like, Dan, that, that ain't you. You must not be spending too much time with God because, man, until you get your coffee in the morning, you're not exactly the most joyful man in the world. Guilty. Guilty. And I'm thankful for the grace of Almighty God that he continually invites me into his presence so that I might experience the fullness of joy. True joy is born from being in God's presence. Realizing that true joy is found only in a place of complete abandonment to God and a complete dependence on Him. As we go into this message of thanksgiving, there's two primary words that talk about thanksgiving. In the Old Testament Hebrew, it's todah, T-O-W-D-A-H, or simply T-A-T-O-D-A, or yadah. And it simply means giving thanks, giving praise. And in the New Testament, it's, and I may be butchering this pronunciation, but it's Eucharisteo. You can see the word Eucharist in there, but it's basically giving thanks. And that's the word Jesus used when he 
on the night of the Last Supper in 1 Corinthians 11, he took bread and he gave thanks. Eucharisteo means giving thanks, giving thanks. There are several things I just want to hit really quick, really quick. Why do we give thanks? It's commanded that we give thanks. In Psalm 15 and Psalm 100, it says, give thanks to God. Philippians 4, 6 says, give thanks to God. Psalm 92 simply says, it is good to give thanks to God. It is a good thing to do. And Doug read earlier, it's God's will. It's God's will that you give thanks in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. And who gives thanks? Well, you and I are to give thanks. We've already established that, and we will continue to do so today. But even the heavenly angels and hosts gave thanks. Revelation 7 says this, All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Yes, even the angels and the heavenly hosts give thanks to God. And Jesus did. That's all the example and model that I need. Jesus gave thanks. He gave thanks to God when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He gave thanks to God when he had provisions. And when do we give thanks? Daniel gave thanks in private. It's a great story, and we're gonna, that's going to be my last point of today. We give thanks in public, as we do this morning. We give thanks when we're taking food. We give thanks in everything. We give thanks always. We give thanks when we're calling the goodness and mercy of our God. We give thanks when we think about the victory over death and the grave. We give thanks to all men. We give thanks for God's holiness. We give thanks because of prayer. And we give thanks, men. For our spouses, Proverbs says, a good wife who can find. In other words, let God find your spouse for you. And I got to tell you, men, it's a good thing God found your spouse because I suspect that if you asked her without God, she would have said no. But the fact that she said yes proves that there's a God. Amen. Thank you. We all married up, didn't we? But we have much to be thankful for, and our spouses are one of them. Turn to Psalm 100, please. Verse 1 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. This was not only limited to the people of Jerusalem. But it's all lands throughout all the earth. When we look at it from the perspective of creation, do we not see God's glory and God's beauty in what he's made from one end of the earth to the other? Raise your hand if you've been to the Grand Canyon. Right, right, we're pretty blessed that we live so close. Does God's glory and God's beauty, does it shout out out of the canyon? All you lands make a joyful shout to the Lord. Psalm 96 says, Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. 
Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. So in God's creation, we see all over joyful shouts to the Lord. But more specifically, you and I, people throughout the whole world, even right this very moment, there are people shouting out joyful noises to the Lord all over the face of the earth. Is that pretty cool? It's not just here in Phoenix. It's not just here in this building. I'm from Long Island. They're probably done praising the Lord corporately because it's probably 12 there, 1230, whatever. But in Costa Rica, they're praising the Lord this morning. In China, they're praising the Lord this morning. So this, this verse here is prophetic. You remember in Genesis 12 when God told Abraham, through you I will bless all families of the entire earth. So this is a prophetic scripture. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. All the tribes and languages and peoples of the earth right now are praising the Lord. And it's also a prayer. Take it as a prayer because there's still people out there that don't do this. They don't pray. They don't have a shout of joy to the Lord. And Paul had that passion to go preach the gospel And the Bible says we are to preach the gospel to every corner of the earth. And the joyful shout, it has the idea of a king coming out to meet his people. And the people go, yeah, the king. It's not necessarily a song. It's just a joyful shout. Hannah wasn't feeling too good this week. So when our kids get sick, they think they have the right to sit in front of the TV and watch movie after movie after movie. So we're watching Lord of the Rings. And after like 20 hours, it's forever. The final scene just about is whatever character, I forget his name. He's crowned king, the rightful king. And he comes out and the people are out there. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And when the king comes out and he's crowned, they have a joyful shout. They say, yeah, the king! And that's what this is exactly talking about. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Do you shout to the Lord? Do you? Do you make a joyful shout to the Lord? Sometimes I'm on top of the mountain. I want to do that. I'm too embarrassed to do it loud. So I just do it kind of silently. I don't want people to think I'm a nut job. But I sit there and I'll just kind of raise my hand, shouting internally to the Lord. Just the beauty If you are saved, your lips should be shouting joy unto the Lord. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. God is certainly worthy of a cheerful service. Do you serve the Lord? If you're a Christian, you should be serving and using your gifts. I just want to, this might bring tears to my eyes. I want to draw your attention to the setup team here. 15 or 20 people show up here at 7.30 in the morning. Not my time to be joyful. But most Sundays I'm here with them. And the joy present in these young men and women as they serve you and him to get this place. This place doesn't magically... We don't believe in evolution here. 
This place doesn't magically come together in order from disorder. There are people here that come faithfully every Sunday morning at 7.30, those doors open, putting this place together. All these chairs are over there. We put them in. The hospitality comes. John Jeffs and Teresa Jeffs and Teresa's mama, Eileen, hello. They came and I saw them this morning and I was greeted with smiles. I was greeted with verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Charles Spurgeon says this. As for the true believer in Jesus, he serves his God because he loves to serve him. He establishes with the great congregation because it is his delight to worship the Most High. Is that you? When I was growing up, I wasn't saved, but I went to church. That was not me. I went to church out of an obligation. I went to church because I had to. My parents took me to church because it was the right thing to do. But it wasn't here, guys. It was here, but not here. And that was me. There's a theologian named Adam Clark. I, I enjoy his writings, and he says this. He says... The religion of the true God is intended to remove human misery and to make mankind joyful. He whom the religion of Christ is not made joyful does not understand that religion, nor does he make proper use of it. And that was me. I didn't understand Christianity. I didn't make proper use of it because there wasn't any joy. It was out of obligation. But now... When I was in freshman in college and God just radically grabbed me in and saved me, the joy came. Now I'm here because I want to. I want to serve God. I like serving here in the church. And believe it or not, I actually like being with all you people. It's often said for ministers. I don't know who said it first. They said, do you like ministry? And they said, well, I would love ministry if it weren't for the people. <laughs> but we are blessed we have a body here. We're not without our problems and issues and struggles. Man, and that's a good thing for us because if we had no problems, no struggles, and we were perfect, guess what? You wouldn't be allowed in the door, neither would I. But it's ministry, and it's joyful ministry. Even in the trials, we can see the joy. So are you serving? Are you serving with gladness? If you're serving and you're not joyful in your service honestly repent get on your knees acknowledge it before God he knows your heart repent and ask God to restore just like David did in the Psalms restore the joy of my salvation I truly believe that God will answer that prayer he did with David and I know he'll do it for you so use your gifts verse 3 says know that the Lord he is God it is he who made us and we not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord, he is God. As a Christian, you know God. That is the firm foundation that we all stand on, that we serve the living God. The triune Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, without knowing the true and only God, none of this can happen. There can be no joy. 
that the psalmist talks about. There can be no true thanksgiving that the psalmist refers to here if we don't know Christ as our Savior. But we know that the Lord, He is God. No one is here, if you're a believer, in blind faith. I've often been accused in my life of having a blind faith. Oh, how I beg to disagree. There is nothing about blind faith in the Scriptures. It is a reasonable faith based on the Word of God. So this here starts with the knowledge that He is God. And we know because He's revealed that to us. The Bible says that the cross is offensive to those who are perishing. You all know people like that? They think the cross is offensive. They think it's foolishness. 1 Corinthians 2. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But we know him as creator because he opened our eyes. No one here had their eyes opened because you were so special. God did not look down on Pete Dine and say, man, he's a special guy. I'm going to save him. No. By his grace we're saved. None of us deserved salvation. But by his mercy and grace we have received salvation through Christ. It is he who made us and we not ourselves. God made you who you are. If there's anybody here today, you would consider yourself a self-made man. Oh, I beg to differ. Anything that you have today is from God. All that you are is from God, a gift from God. So thank God for what you do have. Otherwise, my prayer, and I mean this, is that God would break you of you. Brokenness is a good thing. One of the brothers prayed it this morning. He thanked God for brokenness. We all need to be broken. It is the first step in salvation that when God takes a man and breaks him, a woman, and breaks her, and in that brokenness we find our need for Christ our Savior. He made us. He made creation. You remember what he said to Job 38.4? He said, Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Oh, I just love that story about Job. And God challenges him. Job, when, when I laid the foundations of the earth, were you there? Were you teaching me? Were you giving me guidance? Were you giving me wisdom? Were you holding the ruler for me, Job, when I balanced the scales? Are you kidding me? None of us were there. Only God. And the Bible says in Psalms that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. I just, when I look at you little kids out there, many of you are still wonderfully and fearfully. I, I sometimes in my sin I say, oh, it's a shame they have to grow up. They lose their cuteness. And then they end up looking like this. <laughs> I wish all kids could stay kids so I could play with them forever. But I see even in us adults, even in the older people like Pete here in the congregation, he is wonderfully and fearfully made. It doesn't stop. God made you wonderfully and fearfully. Yes, we are his people. God cares for you. And because he cares for you, he guards you. And because he cares and guards, he provides for us the sheep of his pasture. I can refer you to Psalm 23 for more on that. Verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, 
and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Guys, I want you to visually think of the temple or the tabernacle, the big gates. Now think of the doors to our church. The gates are open at 7.30, the doors that you come through. That's the gates. Picture this. Are you coming through the gates on Sunday morning with thanksgiving? Or did you come through those gates this morning into the court? This right here are the courts. The gates into the courts. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Close your eyes for a second. Do you regularly come through the gates into these courts with thanksgiving and praise? Or do you come in often frustrated, angry, yelling at the kids, late? I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to get you to see what the psalmist through God is telling us. That we, when we walk through the gates, you can open your eyes now. When you walk through the gates, those doors, you should be walking through with a thankful heart. And when you get into the courts here, you should have a heart of grateful, uh, a, a proper gratitude and thankfulness. You're with the children, brothers and sisters of God, the daughters and the sons of God. It's a great time to be thankful, a great time to praise. So I just want to take 20 seconds in silence because I suspect some of you may not have come this morning in thankfulness. So I'm just going to zip it. I'm going to let the Spirit move upon us for 20 seconds and just reflect upon your own hearts right now. And if you need to get right with God, go ahead and get right. So Father God, I thank you that these gates here are wide open by your grace. I thank you, Lord, that the courts here are filled with people that are desiring to worship you. Father, thank you for this image of the Old Testament tabernacle and the temple where the people would enter through the gates with thanksgiving. And then when they're in the courts, Lord, they would praise you. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you that we can mirror that here today. Verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures through all generations. The Lord is good. Everything about God is good. Yes, everything about God is good. He is worthy of our praise and our honor. And his mercy is everlasting. Lamentations chapter 3 says that every single morning the mercies of our God are what? Brand new. Limitless. Does that not excite you to know that when you got up this morning, that whatever happened yesterday, that God's mercy did not run out? That his mercy is brand new every single morning? This here is a beautiful picture of of Jesus because when we thank God for his mercy turn with me to Romans chapter 3 it's in the New Testament past the Gospels 
And this tells us right now how good God really is. Romans 3, verse 10. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They've all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is no one who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb or grave. With their tongues they practice deceit. Poison is on their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. The same truth of total depravity is in the Old Testament. Psalm 14 talks about the fact that there is no one who seeks after God. There is no one good. We are all sinful. So we have a nature of depravity apart from Almighty God. But verse 5 says, For the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting. Chapter 3 goes on to say in verse 21, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Is God good? Did God fulfill his promise back in Genesis 3 after the fall and he promised to send a redeemer? And the Redeemer would be the propitiation. And that word is fancy, but it simply means satisfying God's anger. Dan, you believe that God's angry? God is angry at sin. Yes, the Bible's clear on that. But that satisfaction and punishment that we deserve because of our sin was placed where? On Jesus. Jesus took God's wrath so you don't have to. His mercy is everlasting. That's mercy, guys. You, according to Romans 3, deserved hell, eternal punishment from God. Every one of us. That's our due punishment. But God, in His love, God is good. Love is good. God said, I'm going to send my son so that John Jeff doesn't have to go to hell, so that Mike Bailey doesn't have to go to hell, so that the darkest family doesn't have to go to hell. I'm going to satisfy my wrath on sin on my own son, Jesus. And Jesus was the only available substitute because he was perfect. He fulfilled the law perfectly. You and I didn't. So we have this perfect sacrifice, Jesus, the Lamb of God. The Lord is good. 
Jesus left the throne of heaven. The scripture says not to be served, but to serve. God serving us and becoming a ransom for many. A ransom for many. God is good. I know of no greater goodness than the mercy of Almighty God. I mean, guys, I have a son. The thought of sacrificing my son for you guys. But God sacrificed his son for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, for you. And it's a beautiful picture of mercy. Because God loves you. The Bible says that God does not desire any man to go to hell, but to rather come unto repentance that none should perish. And he shows his love and mercy by giving us Christ. Our response should simply be one of gratefulness. Turn with me to Ephesians really quick. Better yet, let's go to Daniel. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 1 on your own talks about the goodness of God, the forgiveness, the redemption, every spiritual blessing this side of heaven and when we get to heaven. I'll finish that last point. This is what Charles Spurgeon says. I think it should be up there. So long as we are receivers of mercy, we better be givers of thanks. Have you been a receiver of God's mercy? Then you need to be a giver of thanks. Great quote by Spurgeon. My last point, quickly. Cultivating a thankful heart. How do we cultivate a thankful heart? I'm going to use Daniel, believe it or not, as an example of thankfulness. Daniel chapter 6. It's in the Old Testament. It's so more so in the middle of the Bible. Maybe a little bit more to the right. Do you know Daniel was 16 years old? 16. When Jerusalem was conquered by Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar. And he took Daniel as a 16-year-old youth. Took him to the land of Babylon. Yeah. You want to give thanks for that? He was literally kidnapped from his land. His fellow people were slain. And he's in captivity for 70 years. And he served under, I think, five different kings. And some of these kings were some of the nastiest men in the world. But we see from the scripture that God's favor rested on Daniel throughout his entire life. Imagine a foreign country coming into America and wiping out you, but stealing Kyle. Stealing your girls. This, this is reality, guys. This actually happened. This isn't a fairy tale. Daniel was taken with his friends, taken to Babylon where he had to serve, serve Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most evil men in the history of our world. But he served, them with, he served God with faithfulness. Daniel chapter 6. Darius was king at the time. And Daniel was in his favor. And Daniel was appointed, it says here, pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was within him. 
And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So a plot was devised. And they tricked the king into signing a decree that if anybody did not bow to basically the king, he would be killed. Daniel found out about this proclamation that it was signed. Just like our government, bill signed, boom, signed, done deal. The king was not allowed to reverse it once he signed it. So they, the, these governors and satraps said, we're going to look at Daniel. He's not allowed to bow down to his God now. Otherwise, death. Death. When Daniel finds out, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. He prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom from early days. I never saw that before. I never saw that Daniel, who is now facing death, gave what? What did he give? Say it out loud. Thanks. His life is about to come to an end, and yet he gives thanks. Doesn't say he came back and prayed and said, God, what are you doing? You got me in a real pickle here. How can I give thanks in this? No, he trusted his God. He saw his God time and time again rescue and deliver him. Rescue his friends from the fiery furnace. But I was so touched by that. He prayed and gave thanks before his God, which was a custom he had established from early days. He did not give up when he was 16 and he was thrown into service under King Nebuchadnezzar. He never let his faith waver, but instead he gave thanks. And you all know the story. They, they spy on him. They bring him to the king. They said he's guilty of violating the law. And where'd they throw him? The lion's den. But the lions, God sends an angel, shuts the mouth of the lions. Daniel saved. And look at King Darius's response. He says, I will make a decree that in every dominion, my kingdom, men must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. Check out, the Lord is good. This is the words of King Darius. For he is the living God. Is it true? Yes. And steadfast forever. Is God's love steadfast? His kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. Is that biblically true? Yes. Is it something we give thanks for? Yes. His dominion shall endure to the end. Thank you, Lord. He delivers and rescues. Yes. Thank you, Lord. He works signs and wonders. Yes. Thank you, Lord. In heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian, the next king. So... How do we cultivate a thankful heart? Who worries? Let's start replacing worry with thankfulness. The next time you start worrying about something, replace it with thankfulness. The next time you get angry, replace it with thankfulness. The next time fear crawls into your life, replace it with thankfulness. Turn really quick to Philippians chapter 4.
We all have people in our lives that might drive us crazy, right? We all have issues in our lives that we struggle with. This, not that this happens in my house, but if you tell your kids to clean their room 30 times, seriously, and, and you can get frustrated, you can get angry, but when that creeps in, give thanks to the Lord. Find a way to give thanks to God because it won't necessarily make the room clean, but what it will do is it will change your heart in your response when you give thanks. And I, and I have other people outside my family and my life that I really struggle with. And through this study, I started giving thanks for them. And it has changed my heart towards them. Because there's always something to give thanks for when I look at people. First, I pray, God, give me a heart for this person. They don't know you. You need to save them. But by giving thanks for people that we struggle loving is, is really a good thing. And this is why it says here, it says, be anxious, 4 6, 4 6, Philippians, we'll finish with this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. I used to think that that meant say your prayers, make your requests be known to God, and also find something to be thankful for. But as I read it and study it, I think it also means that in that particular prayer, in that particular supplication that you're making, give thanks in it. And why would God tell us to do that? It's the next verse is the answer. Because the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we give thanks and it will guard our hearts and minds and give us God's peace. Finally, James 1, Romans 5, tells us about giving thanks and being joyful in difficult circumstances. James says, consider it pure joy when you're going through trials of all kinds. And then Romans 5 outlines the progress of why God puts hard things in our lives so that we persevere and that we grow. Ultimately, God's desire in tough times is to mold you into his image. And he does it through hard times, guys. So cultivating a thankful heart comes through the hard times. And if it gets so hard and you want to quit, think of Daniel. I don't think anybody here has to worry about being carried off to a foreign land. And I don't think anybody here is going to face a firing squad because of your faith unless you go be a missionary in some foreign land or if that's the way our country goes in the next 10, 20 years. Who knows what tomorrow brings. But what I do know is that God's favor rests on his children and he will give us the strength to carry on another day. Let's pray. Father God, we are truly thankful for the psalmist who penned the words, come into your presence, Lord, with thanksgiving. Father, again, we thank you that you invite us into your presence, for that is a beautiful thing. And Father, we have much to be thankful for. Most of all, Jesus Christ, where your mercy was seen at the cross. And the scripture says that he who confesses with his mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
And he who believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead shall be saved. So God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for all things. And Lord, thank you that you are good. It's in your name. Amen.